Welcome back to the podcast, y'all. I'm Adrielle, and I'm excited for today's message because today I get to talk about numbers. And before we start, listen, this is not numerology. This is not angel numbers. This is from a biblical standpoint, okay? The world has added its own meaning to numbers. How many and how much? How many likes? How many followers? How much money? But God is concerned with how significant. How significant. He is a master analyst. He's the creator of numbers and figures. He loves to measure things. He wants everything to be in order and numbers is where this originated from. So I said this before in another episode, how the Lord had been showing me numbers and those numbers have been two, 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 four, 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 11, um, one, 11, 11, 11, and also double numbers like 10, 10, 12, 12, and a little bit of 42 as well. He had been showing me these numbers since last year, 2021. And I am just now, I've been collecting information as he's shown them to me because I had to get to this point where I started researching it because I was seeing it this much. And I'm like, okay, Lord, what are you trying to tell me? Because I'm seeing these numbers everywhere. I mean, they will be on cars, it'll be on billboards, um, it'll be on signs. If I look at the weather app, it'll be those numbers. It would just be crazy stuff. Like then I went and got some clothes one day and each number on each clothing item was like 444-111-222. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you can't be any more clearer than this, Lord. I'm listening. Okay, let's get to work. Let's figure this out. I'm about to study and I'm gonna go deep because you know, I like to go deep. That's where you find the wisdom of God. You don't find him in the shallow areas. He's in the deep. So the first number that I'm going to talk about today, the first set of numbers is going to be in the twos. So two, 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 two. And if you've been seeing this number, you will find out today what that means for you in your life right now. Keep in mind that as he's shown me these numbers, all of the numbers have had a connection to them. So four will be connected to 11. Um, 11 will be connected to 22. So when I've studied this, I've studied this as a collection of numbers, but because this would make the episode so much longer, if I include every other number, I'm just going to focus on two today. And then I will do future episodes on the remaining numbers that he's shown me. So at the end of it, you'll see how everything kind of connected. So today let's focus on two. If you've been seeing two and you don't even really have to have been seeing it, us being in the year 2022 this is going to be so helpful for your life today, all right? So the number two means togetherness, double portion anointing, and double portion blessings. Unity, marriage, it means covenant, commitment, dependence. That's why he always says it's not good for man to be alone because we're supposed to depend on something. He created us to be dependent. It also means a sense of security, which arises from that dependence. When you depend on something that you trust, you have formed a sense of security within that thing. 
or that person or that source. Two can also mean a reset or a return to the father's ways. You having done something a certain way and then God teaches you how to do it an entirely different way. You having one mindset and God restructuring your thoughts to think bigger, bolder, and higher. Two is also a reminder for believers that he is the all-inclusive God, which means he's the first and the last. The story begins and ends with him. Two also symbolizes you being planted as a tree of life. And we talked about this in the series, He Sees the Unseen, where I broke it down and I had planted deep roots. This is actually an extension of that. God has began a brand new work in you and he's looking to birth something through you. You are pregnant with purpose. All right, so there are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. The Hebrew alphabet is so important because... 77.3% of the Bible was originally written in Hebrew. This is what the word of God was mostly constructed from. So if we really want to go to the deepest wisdom of God and not just read the Bible shallowly, we have to look at where it first began. That being said, if God is showing you the numbers 222 or 222 a lot, or just the fact that we're in the year 22, It, number one, means that there is a major shift occurring in your life right now. You may have been able to feel this shift happening, especially if you're an intercessor, like I am. See, as intercessors, we can feel shifts happening from the spiritual realm, and sometimes it starts to manifest in our physical bodies. I've actually had an experience with that. When it comes to this Hebrew alphabet, To get a better understanding, Hebrew letters are not just ordinary letters. The Hebrew alphabet has meanings behind their letters, and the characters in which the Hebrew alphabet is constructed in actually have an image representation behind it. Each letter is a symbol, full of insight and full of deeper meanings into the Bible. First of all, the Hebrew alphabet is actually named the Aleph Vait, the Aleph Vait, which is why you've heard God say he's the Alpha and Omega. Well, Alpha and Omega is in the Greek language, but it was Hebrew that originated first. So if you want to go back to the beginning, all the way back to the roots, God is actually the Aleph, which is the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and the Tav which is the last or 22nd letter. Okay, moving on to the second letter in the Alephate. The second letter of the Alephate is called the Vate. It's actually spelled B-E-T, B as in boy, but you have to pronounce it like a V. It is written at the start of Genesis, and it represents the beginning of duality, the beginning of doubles. A creator and a creation, one, two, right? A giver, God, and a receiver, us. This is why the first thing he does is create doubles out of everything because he wants order. He wanted there to be opposites right away so that the two wouldn't mix. 
You can't mix impurity and pure. God didn't want that. You can't mix holiness and unholy. He didn't want that. There was light versus darkness, day versus night, evening versus morning, man versus woman, creatures that fly in the sky versus the creatures that live on the ground, and that includes sea creatures. He did all of this in doubles, which defined the term duality. That's what duality means. He also wanted one thing to house another, which is why the letter Vate is shaped like an actual house or a container, because it denotes a vessel. The world that God created was meant to house within it the spiritual world. That's why he says, as it is in heaven, let it be done on earth. Because he wants his holiness to be in the container of our world. The world is the container. Holiness is supposed to reside in it. The physical world was meant to showcase God's glory. That's why our bodies are a temple that houses the soul and the spirit. Like, that's so good. In other words, it houses God's image. God wanted to birth something. He wanted to create doubles and he wanted his image to be a part of that thing that he birthed. He made a house and he put himself in there. We are vessels, but a vessel can't work without someone there to sculpt it. That's why we're called clay and clay cannot mold itself. It needs a potter. God wanted us to work in partnership with him, which is why he created doubles. So the takeaway from the second letter of the Alephate is this. You are shifting into total dependence on God. You are the container, the house, the temple, the clay that is currently being molded by a fantastic set of hands. God is teaching you how to partner with him. And he is also opening up your circle with new divine connections getting ready to be made in order to help you birth what he's planted in you. He's reminding you that you actually can't do it by yourself. No matter how hard you try, you can't do it by yourself. In fact, I was studying the Message Bible yesterday in Romans chapter four, and it was going over the history of how Abraham followed God. And it says, Abraham could have taken credit for what he did, but his story is not an Abraham story. It is a God story. He entered into what God was doing for him, and that was the turning point. He trusted God to set him right instead of trying to be right on his own. If you see that a job is too big for you, no matter how long or how hard you work, you could never do it for yourself. It's something only God can do. You just have to trust him to do it. Trusting him to do it is what gets you set right with God. By God, it's a pure gift. And David says the one who trusts God to do the putting everything right without insisting on having a say in it is one fortunate man. 
It was by embracing what God did for Abraham that he was declared fit for kingdom. God declared him a good fit before he even marked him. Because Abraham was willing to trust God. He knew that the job was too big for him to do on his own. Abraham underwent circumcision after God saw him as a good fit to serve as evidence and confirmation of what God had done long before to bring him into this acceptable standing with himself. So what we can learn from Abraham is that sometimes God will mark you after you've already put your trust in him. He wants to see, are you going to depend on me? Are you going to sit here and try to do it by yourself? Or do you understand that this job is too big for you to do it alone? He wants your dependence. It's not a job for one. It's a job for two. Okay? He's going to do the restoring of your spirit. He's going to do the refreshing of your thoughts. He's going to do the reset of your ways. He's going to do all of that. But it starts with you trusting him. That's when he marks you. That's when he circumcises you. The circumcision of your heart is only supposed to be after you've already put your trust in him. Then he can go ahead and get started on the process. Because you got to remember that grace is not given through works. It's a gift. And if you get what God gives you only by doing everything you're told to do and properly filling out the right forms, then that eliminates trust completely. That's like you telling God to write you an IOU. Like, oh God, I did this for you, so you owe me. But that's not how it works in the place of grace. Hey, I really hope you're enjoying the podcast so far, but I wanted to quickly remind you to rate and review the podcast if you haven't done so already. It is super easy to do. All you have to do is click on the link in the description box underneath our title for today. Once you click on the link, you'll see the option to review the podcast. Click on that. This will bring you straight to red on the Apple platform. Scroll down past the episodes and click the star rating and write a review. Please, please, please do this for me, y'all, so that more people can gain access to these episodes. You have no idea how your review could change someone's life. All right, I hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast. Checking off. God wants to give it to you because he wants to give it to you. Not because you did something right, and he's not going to withhold it from you just because you did something wrong. Because that's not how grace works. So he is teaching you how to partner with him. And he's opening up these divine connections for you because there's some things that God has placed in you that you can't get done by yourself. You may need human help as well. The first thing he said was, it is not good for man to be alone when he made Adam. We were put here together to work as a team. But see, the thing is, you have to pray about it. You have to pray about these connections. You can't just be letting anybody in on your business. You can't just be letting anybody in on your team, right? You have to pray and you have to discern the spirits. Test people out. Pray for guidance and direction because you and God were made to be one. You have to move that way as well, knowing that you and God are doing this thing together. The letter Vate is also the source of all building. 
So everything you seek to build, including your beliefs and your walk of life will be founded on this togetherness with Christ. I'm always teaching this. You got to build that relationship because that is the source of all things. Everything you do will come from that building of a relationship with Christ. All right, moving on to 22. The 22nd letter of the Alevate is also the very last letter. So yes, as you've guessed, it's the letter that sets everything into perspective. Tav, spelled T-A-V, represents being marked or sealed. It highlights restoration of all existence. It is a return to the essence and purpose of your life. The true identity and calling that God has placed in you. Tav shows us that the end was set from the beginning. God has already set in motion the work that Christ would complete through his people before the world was even created. Timothy tells us that, that this grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, before time or space was even a thing. He completed everything to perfection, to the very last detail until the final state of humanity and creation in total fulfilled his word. And as soon as the Tav is reached, we begin immediately back at the very first letter because the end is never really the end, is it? But it's the beginning of something brand new because God is always looking to do a new thing. So the takeaway from this letter is that God is destroying whatever it is that has you stuck or stunted and he is restoring you back to full health and prosperity. Now that could be physically, mentally, spiritually, financially, every single one of those or just, you know, one area of those. It just depends on what God is looking to do in you right at this moment. But either way, you are being restored. And I just feel that he is restoring relationships as well, which is why marriages are being strengthened this year because of the covenant that two defines and what God puts together, let no man break it asunder. I've also heard that a lot of people have even begun a new unity and covenant this year. There have been a lot of weddings, a lot of weddings, and that is not a coincidence. It's because we are in the year 22 where doubles and unity and covenant and connection is all happening right now at the same time. The pandemic may have tried to separate us, but God is working behind the scenes, baby. Or beyond the scene, S-E-E-N. God works behind the scenes by working behind the scene. What we can't see is happening inside of us, but we can't always see it in front of us. He is restoring unity within the body. Families are getting glued back together and a lot of marriages are actually thriving right now because he wants us together. Together we stand, divided we fall. All parts of the body have to work together to accomplish his glory. The whole body can't be an ear. (laughs) The whole body can't be a foot, right? We need everybody on deck picking up where Christ left off. Not to separate but to stand together as one. Don't let this world tear apart the good relationships in your life. Do not let that happen. 
So the last thing I want to do is go over some instances where God has shown me that he works in twos. And I know that as I continue to study and walk with the Lord, that he will even show me more instances because things have increased with these numbers as I've studied more and more of the Bible. But as of right now, this is what I've got so far. So when it comes to the twos, you have God's way, God's will, and our way, our will. You have the first Adam and the last Adam, which was Jesus. You have the first law or the old order and the last law or the new order of things. You have the first earth, which is what we're currently living in. And then you have the second earth that Revelation talks about. You have the first temple, which took about 45 years to build in the Bible. And then you have the last temple, which is the body of Christ. Then you have male and female. And actually, the female gender is created in Genesis chapter 2, verse 22. Not a coincidence. Then you have male and female of every animal on the ark, where they all came in twos. Then there's a first birth and a rebirth. The Bible talks all the time about being birthed as a new creation in Christ. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed and behold, the new has come. Then you have the Alpha and Omega. You have the beginning and the end. The lamb and the bride. You can also say the bridegroom and the bride or Christ and the church. Either way, it's doubles. Then in Luke, the Lord sends out the 72 two by two. Then you also have John who baptized with water, but then Jesus comes behind him and baptizes with the Holy Spirit and fire. Then in the Garden of Eden, there are two angels outside of the garden protecting it. At the crucifixion, the curtain of the temple tore in what? Two. That draws symbolism to what God had did in the beginning of the separating between light and darkness, as well as closing up the gap between us and God. Where sin abounded, the grace of the Lord abounded much more. It did away with that separation between God and humanity because Christ had now become that sacrificial lamb for us. Then John 1 and 17 says, Moses gave the law, but grace and truth came through Jesus. Another double. John 1 and 3, through him all things were made. The first thing, without him nothing was made that has been made. The second. Then John 1 and 4, in him was life. That life was the light of all mankind. John 1 and 10, the world was made through him, but the world does not recognize him. Then you have John 1 and 14, the word became flesh. That was the first thing. Secondly, The word made his dwelling among us. John 1 and 35. John was there with two of his disciples when they saw the Lamb of God walking by and the two of them followed Jesus. So those disciples were the first two in the book of John to follow Jesus. Then when Jesus is at the wedding party with his mother and, you know, the rest of his family and friends, he turns water into wine at the wedding party. But what's so cool about this is that it is a foreshadowing 
of what will happen at the cross, where we were once baptized with water and saved in that way. But now because of Christ, we will now be saved by the blood. So he turned water into wine, which symbolizes baptizing with water wasn't enough, but instead being saved by the blood abounded much more. In the second chapter of John, the Lord draws shadowing to his crucifixion twice in the same chapter. So that's two, 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 which is like I just talked about the turning of the water to wine. And when he said, destroy this temple and I will raise it again in three days. Anytime Jesus talks to someone who wants to be a disciple of his, he always starts with the question that sounds like, what do you want or what are you looking for? And then he ends with come or follow me. So it's always in twos. He asks you, what are you looking for? And then he tells you to follow him. Another instance of two is where Jesus says, flesh gives birth to flesh and the spirit gives birth to spirit. Then you have the two trees in the garden in the beginning of Genesis, where it was a tree of life and then the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Well, at the end of the Bible in Revelation chapter 22, the subject is called Eden being restored. So like I've said earlier, two is the number of restoration. Well, a couple of verses down, right when the Bible is getting ready to end, it talks about how there are two trees of life now standing on opposite sides of the river. So it started with two trees, but the two trees were the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And then the second instance is where there's two trees of life because God had done everything over. He had reset it back to his original purpose. And then as believers, God gives us two choices. He says, you have the choice to choose life or death, but choose life. We also have the choice as a body to either divide or unite. We also have a flesh and a spirit. And the spirit is in direct confliction with the flesh and vice versa. We have the narrow way. In the wide way, the narrow way leads to life. The wide leads to destruction. We also have a creation and a recreation. When Jesus gets ready to start preaching, he says, I have brought two things, grace and truth. I did not come to condemn the world, but I've come to save the world. There's another instance in the Bible where it says man lives by two different things. We live by bread, which is the symbolism of food. And we also live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That is all I have for you today. I'm going to close it out here. Um, just to reiterate what two means. If you've been seeing the number two, 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 or 22, it means a major shift is occurring on the inside of you. A major shift is happening in your life. And God is looking to restore you. He's looking to reset you. He's looking for a togetherness. He wants you to understand that you are supposed to be totally dependent on him. You are the container. You are the house. You are the temple. And God is molding you. He's teaching you how to partner with him, bringing you back to that original identity and purpose that he created you with. All right. So this is the end of today's episode. I really hope this helped you or opened up your mindset to 
the meaning of numbers when it comes to the Bible. We do not study numerology or angel numbers. We study the word of God. I love y'all so much and I pray that you have a wonderful week. And I will be back on Sunday with another seven minutes in heaven. But until then, stay ready.